Just like, uh, uh, get in the shot. Uh, uh, did that girl just get in the face? Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm CJ. And I'm Joe. And this is Whiskey and Wine, brought to you by Coldcock American Herbal Flavored Whiskey. Today on the show, we have one of our dear friends, Scotty Fisher. He's kind of a jack of all trades. He does videography and photography for many bands, including Divides. He works with Bridge City Sessions, one of the only uh, live session video services, I suppose, in Portland. And he also has his own musical project called Fighting Casper. If you want to check out Fighting Casper, they are playing this upcoming Sunday, May 1st, over at the Analog Cafe. They're playing with bands Listener, Everett, and Grizzly. It's going to be a really good time, so hit those guys up if you want to grab a ticket from them. That is this Saturday, right? Sunday. This Sunday. Um, also, well, before we get into our interview with Scotty, make sure to go to iTunes and write a review for Whiskey and Wine. It really helps us out. It's going to help us get more whiskey to serve our guests, and it's going to help us get better and more exciting guests in our living room studio. Hashtag. So please, if you like what you hear on the podcast and want to help us out, go write a review. Write meow. Or, you know, in about 40 minutes when this podcast is over. All right, now let's go hang out with Scotty here on Whiskey and Wine. Hey, what's up, man? It's so good to have you over finally. I haven't seen you in, like, it was like months. Uh, I saw you at the front door. It's been a couple minutes at least. Oh, God. <laughs> like, literally 10 seconds in, and it's we're, we're already into the dad humor. <laughs> oh, this, shit. This interview is going to be so sassy, I Wait, can already tell. How much am I allowed to curse? As much as you would like to curse. Does that mean any curse word? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we'd prefer not to have any, like, well, bigotry I mean, on the show, well, so. well, <laughs> <laughs> not, Nothing mean, I mean, just the weird ones. Yeah. Like, fucksicle? Dragon queef. Thundercunt. Oh, that's a great one. See, that, that's the right direction that I'm going. Okay, cool. Uh, ass taxi? <laughs> <laughs> Sign me taxi. up. So, you do a lot of things. I was uh, gonna say we we have a jack of all trades on the show. I suppose you kind of have your finger in everything, <laughs> <laughs> including an ass test. <laughs> you are a photographer and a videographer, and you play music yourself. Uh, yes, I do all of the above. I do photography. Um, it, it's been off and on for bands and everything. I, I still do school, so I don't have time to be able to do full time and. Same thing with work. I'm pretty occupied with slinging them coffee beans for people. But, however, uh, I try and do photography as much as I can, and then I also do video for bands. Like, uh, I actually started up a little thing called Bridge City Sessions with some people, uh, a few buddies of mine, like Nick, Jake, Davey, my brother. Um, in Wait, the Davey's ooh. your brother? No, 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 my brother. The, comma, Davey, comma, my brother. Got it. Well, I guess I... Anywho, Depends. my brother Johnny... Got it. Jonathan Byron Fisher, the first. Gotcha. That's a very epic name. Johnny. <laughs> Scotty and Johnny. Well, I mean, my first name's actually not Scotty. This is, it's this Jordan. Is yeah. Okay, there's no J in my name anywhere. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I would say I'm even more of a fraud. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I'm well, holding down the fort with my birth name here. <laughs> I know. No one believes me that it's your birth name either. Yeah, true there, story. Joe's such a great name, though, because, like, you could tell it to anyone, and then you could be anyone, too. Like, Joe's not, like, a name that, like, 
you know, uh, that has a certain stereotype to it. I could see that. I disagree. I, I mean, really? <laughs> well, because Joe, it's such a common name that like anybody could be Joe. Yeah, that's fair. I just like the alliteration. I feel like I was supposed to get superpowers at one point, like Clark Kent. Or, oh, uh, Joe Jackson. Yeah, Joe Jackson. <laughs> JJ. JJ. Yeah. Joe Jackson. It didn't happen. Um, we are going to get you bit by a spider on tour. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that was part of the plan. <laughs> if you had any superpowers, how would you get them? Would it be from a spider? How would I get them? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't care about the superpower. <laughs> Nobody cares That's about that. a really that. interesting take on that question. Yeah. Um, how would you get your superpower? I mean, I'm, I'd... I'm also the one doing the interview. Yeah. Oh, no, I like it. Turning the tables. Uh, no, the spider bite, I wouldn't go with that one. Uh, according to a lot of like Peter Parker lore, he had like this whole like seizure fit after that. It seemed very painful. It also seemed um, worth it. Oh, well, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I think if I had to get it somehow, I'd go like the Thor route and like just kind of have it. <laughs> just kind of with, yeah. with it already. Yeah, he was already just super cool when he comes to Earth where nobody has powers and he's like, Maybe a you're God. born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Oh, so you, what you're saying is you would like to go to an alien planet. Where I'm suddenly super. Mm. Yeah, compared like, to them. I feel like that would kind of so, suck, though. Superman. Too. Yeah, Superman or okay. Thor, that whole kind of deal. It's easy. I, don't, I didn't have to get bit. I don't, I'm not a huge fan I of I just spiders. have never thought about Thor from this perspective, and I feel like he like, is so fed up with people and humans. <laughs> That's why he never comes to Earth. It's only in like the big Avengers movies. All of his take place el- elsewhere. That's funny. Uh, like I don't, I don't understand your puny. Your it's it'd be, it'd be like if we moved to a planet of ants. Yeah. And all the ants were like, "Holy shit, you're so powerful!" And we're like, "Well, uh, your ant away. problems Get don't amuse me." <laughs> uh, Deal so with it yourself, Hawkeye. Did you guys know that this is a music podcast? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously we want to we want to pick your brain about all the different things you do, but uh, I guess we should start with. Your musical endeavors. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, I do play guitar actually, and a couple other things. Uh, Fighting Casper is kind of more of my solo project per se. It's kind of like a I don't actually have any solid members. Uh, I just have friends that fill in with my band. So like uh, Doug and Dan, Dalen, Jace, Jason, and really confusing names to work with. Uh, <laughs> Lots of alliteration. <laughs> Lots of it, but. Yeah, all my homies are awesome enough to actually help me get this show on the road. Well, on the road into downtown Portland. But um, <laughs> uh, get it started, get things going up a little bit. And it's great because uh, some of these guys I actually used to play old music with, like uh, my old band, Chin Up Rocky, little pop punk band, uh, Dalen, he was the drummer for that. Jason was the bassist for that. So we were able to get together and actually play some music again. Like today, we had a little practice and it was the first time, like, all of us have played music in a you know a couple of years, so it was pretty sweet. That's awesome. Really cool. How would you for people like obviously we are well versed in fighting Casper, but how would you describe your music for people that have no idea what what it's about? The best way that I can say it is aggressive progressive rock. Um, it, it really has a lot of uh, progressive tones where I don't really do a whole lot of verses and choruses. I, I think of music and movements and emotions rather than trying to like fit to a certain formula which i mean could be great but uh it's just not what i'm trying to do with casper uh fighting casper is very conceptual in the lyrics and the music so all of the lyrics actually have a story behind it that i have written and 
uh, when you listen to the song, it's not just telling a song. It's actually telling kind of what's happening in the story. It's kind of giving you a little bit of additional information rather than just, you know, writing out a story or an epic poem or something like that. Yeah, totally. There's kind of like an intertwining yeah, story yeah. through everything. So, uh, for example, CJ, you do vocals on one of the songs. Um, we were actually working on that one tonight. Uh, we're almost done being able to release that to the public and whatnot. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, and the concept in that one is CJ is the character Grace, which is Achilles' fiance. And the first song, it's called Eyelids. And during Eyelids, uh, Achilles, the main character, he falls asleep and he sees a demon in his sleep. And the demon kind of threatens him, tells him just shit's about to go down. And then at, towards the end of the song, it's uh, his fiance waking up uh, Achilles because she could tell that he's having a nightmare. And she kind of comes to him and soothes him. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, I don't know. I, the, honestly, the only other band that I can think of that has like that in depth of a concept to the whole project is, of course, Coheed. Yeah. Yes, which I, I'm definitely a fan. It's a big influence. Um, mostly, I'd say, just with the story in itself, it kind of opened me up to the whole entire idea of conceptual music, uh, which actually really got me into like Rush, which was just was crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was like, Rush, it's a dad band, whatever. Dad band. Dad band. <laughs> Then I started listening to him and just like, oh, wow, this is so impressive. All these songs have cool stories to them. They all have cool movements. Um, another band that was actually super, super uh, big for me was Gatsby's American Dream. Mm, yeah. Uh, they were kind of big. They never really, like, pushed over that hill of being, like, up there. But um, they would have songs completely about, like, stories like Lord of the Flies. They would have songs about... What's that show? Lost. Yeah. Station oh, Eight yeah. the Pearl. Yeah. Or nine. I don't know. I don't watch Lost, but <laughs> but it's just <laughs> but cool anyway. Ju- ju- Dream. But but just that concept really got me working into the idea of writing songs as stories rather than writing songs as whatever emotions I'm going through at the time. And I feel that in a story you can also put so much more emotion than rather just narrating your introspective. Yeah, yeah, you can you really have a lot more freedom because I feel like there is definitely a limitation to solely writing from your own emotions and experiences. Yeah, and this way I can it's almost like um using an experience in your life to tell a story rather than use the emotion that you were going through at the time to tell the story. Totally. So it's almost like looking back in retrospect and telling it is a whole thing and it's cool to be able to like take different perspectives on that too again grace being like a female perspective and everything there that's a totally different thing outside of your yeah absolutely and um another character is uh achilles brother his name's Locke, and i was fortunate enough to have joey from icarus the owl he's going to be doing that character and um it's it's really something with casper that i want to keep doing is taking these friends, taking people in the Portland scene or whatever scene in music and just having them involved in this project because I feel that the people around me make me who I am so much that I want them involved with this too. Yeah, yeah, I know. We were super flattered when we got to work on the the song Grace. Yeah, Um, yeah, because it's physically my voice on it, but Joe actually wrote the lyrics um, for all of of my part. He, like... 
we, we collaborated on that and it was a it was actually the first time that we've done that with a guest spot you know it was like yeah I mean obviously that's a lot of divides and stuff us collaborating uh sharing lyrics with each other and kind of putting that out for a collaborative effort but it was awesome to step outside of that and literally kind of pick your brain about this character and this plot line and everything there yeah it was great because uh some of the questions you were asking me even helped me kind of like dig into my story even more and like okay like I know that this is happening in the story, but like some of the questions you're asking were um, just just kind of helps get those little details figured out. And it actually helps push the story, even though like the story hasn't changed in like the whole picture. But it helped like get those fine details, you know, those highlights. And I feel like in those in those stories uh, with bands like Coheed and Cambria or Rush, like the, the details are so on point. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, um, if you listen to Coheed and Cambria's 33... Uh, oh, I could oh. rant for days about that. Go, <laughs> right. Carry on. That's one of but my it, favorite songs. But if songs. you listen to that, um, there, there's even, like, the smallest parts that are actually, like, word for word in the comic. You know, similarly, and not to continue to compare this to <laughs> Coheed and Cambria, I'm sorry, it's... It's there, but um, it's there. It's gonna happen. I gotta get used to it. But getting to develop those characters, you get to talk about a lot of things that maybe aren't even personal issues, but you get to take the things that you've seen and that you've done and kind of apply them. Oh, absolutely. Um, th that's the great thing with the whole concept is that not only I can sing about like personal experiences and kind of just have like a way to describe it differently. I can also take like social issues. I could take things like that without, you know, putting it in your face politically. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Well, and it's also, I mean, it's it, because you are the writer. It's always colored by your own, your own perception. But because you're not always the voice, you can do different things with what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. It um, it, it's great being able to have all these talented vocalists to be able to work with. Yeah, I was super flattered, and it was a lot of fun to like. I don't know. It was it was really fun to record, and then I think I've, I've only performed it once with you guys live once, but it was yeah, it was great. It was, it was fun. fun. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Bridge City Sessions. Yeah, it's this uh, little project that a few guys and I had started up, where we take bands in to do a live recording, and they just play their set, play a few songs, and we record them visually too. So it's not just we record their audio; we actually do. Uh, the video for it as well. And with a video, we end up being able to essentially make like four music videos for a band and they get released into an episode and then we kind of keep on to the other ones and yeah. we, we release them in between. But yeah, it, it's been a great experience. Get to meet some awesome bands, some bands that like, or, or, or even people that like, I didn't think I'd ever like get a chance to meet. Um, I actually got to do this really awesome band called microwave yeah. uh, a few buddies of mine in that that was awesome and because meeting those guys hanging out with them i've been able to get cool connections hang out with other bands that i didn't think that i'd be hanging out with because of bridge city sessions that's super cool yeah i actually saw microwave at that wonder Years show yeah yeah uh I, they put me on the guest list for that one i was doing nice. some photos for that that was really fun that's awesome man yeah no it was when we did our session with you guys it was really cool um we i think it was that first we were you guys were actually uh, the first band that I recorded with. Really? Or, nice. Uh, technically the second, because there's the band before you, the, the Lucky Egypt. Yeah, yeah, the first day. First day that I was on Bridge City Sessions was with you guys. So That's that was awesome. really fun. Um, they did one episode before, and 
and I saw like such potential in what they were doing. It's like I, I definitely want to be a part of this, and yeah. I want to be able to help bring exposure to bands and help bands, you know, have this tool to promote themselves. Hey, same reason we're doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Bands helping bands. Yeah, man. No, but that's it, I don't know. It was really cool, and it, it actually makes you really stoked. That was the first day because like. You know, I, I did what when we were first, when you actually told us about it and approached us about it, it, like we looked at the first session and it was like, okay, cool. It's like good quality. Like it's decent. It's obviously live. But when we saw our video, it was like just really cool to see the jump in production value. It was really cool just uh, kind of being there. We, we kind of set everything up and it was totally different to how we've done either live performances or studio recording because mm-hmm. uh, you were hearing kind of half of it through the headphones, half of it live. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I won't be the first person to say that we don't have the most amount of money to work with, so we don't have, like, a super nice setup with these headphones, but, I mean, the cool thing is, if you could fucking play live at a show, you could play in Bridge City Sessions fine. (laughs) I, in Uh, no way, meant to discredit. No, 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 not at all. Uh, It's just funny, because a lot of times, we end up having the bands just, like, they'll end up with one headphone off, because they actually find it more comfortable, uh hear that live sound rather than the in-ear monitors that everyone's sharing the same mix with. Yeah. But uh, some people love the headphones way more, uh, especially, I mean, the basses, because, you know, there's not much else to hear. Definitely. There's definitely, like, a it's a, it's a slight change from a live set, but at the same time, it's, like, I don't know. It's, it, it is really cool. Um, I think you, at least for, like, our episode, <laughs> you get a lot of, like, the... Um, the personality of the band, like in the video recording, you know, because like when when you're performing, like at a show, it's like you don't we interact with each other, but it's usually in passing, and usually like, hey, stop running into me, like. <laughs> but at a with Bridge City, it was like kind of like a rehearsal, and that we like would make eye contact about things and like goof off, but you're also still performing, like just for the cameras, you know. Yeah. So it's I don't know. I there was a lot of like cool cool moments in ours. Um, that I just thought were really cute. That yeah, were some just pretty like, cool dance moves. I oh, saw. I have great <laughs> dance moves. If no one knows this, I am a prime dancer. Well, that's you know the the interactions on stage are one thing, but uh, man, if you could see a lot of our rehearsals and the goofy shit that we <laughs> do and say to each other between songs, the dance moves, the how many yeah. squeals Paul and Brian try to compete to have in the song, <laughs> you know, we we have fun, and I think. One of the cool things about Bridge City is that it doesn't necessarily have to be as serious as a live performance. Yeah, a uh, big thing is, like, uh, there's Audio Tree. That's, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's a competitor because it's in Texas and we're not competing <laughs> against them. Yeah. We yeah. have these local bands. So uh, one thing with them, though, they're another uh, YouTube channel that ends up doing a lot of uh, band stuff like that. They just do the set one time through, so it's kind of like, all right, this is your one chance. Good luck. Have fun. Uh, we, we like to try and give the bands a couple of takes. We let them drink. They'll smoke weed or whatever. Yeah, it was whatever makes you comfortable being able to play your uh, performance well. Yeah. So we try and give them that kind of atmosphere where they feel comfortable. And we try and also have like an interview, too. That way we could kind of break da- things down a little bit. We talk to the, uh, the host, Davey. He uh, talks to the bands and just gets them a little bit more comfortable. Uh, it's just great being able to do that, though. I love it. Yeah, super rad. 
Uh, you've been doing uh, more and more music videos on your own, too, just with your photography yeah, design um, company. Thanks to you, motherfuckers. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say that as sort of a transition with the video work here and there is that, uh, for those that don't know, Scotty has done I want all. Of, or... Aside from the Hold Me Down video. Um, okay, Because yeah. that was like out of nowhere. I but had a week to do that. Every, <laughs> but... every music video off of Broken Tooth. You have been our our chief. Uh, He's the thing. Yeah, no, and that's amazing. So first <laughs> off, I'm so sorry that you've had to work with us, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. It's been awesome, dude. No, because uh, I love doing the photography for bands. I would bring my camera to the shows, and uh, I started off doing that. And then you guys are like, hey, we like your photos. You want to do music video for us? I'm like, yeah, definitely. I've done it once when I was like in high school. All right, five <laughs> years ago. Let's, uh, let's, get, let's get this going on. Yeah. That was like a year or so ago. year and a half. Well, because it was for, I guess, Love's a Funny Thing. Because we were, um, we were, it was initially just like, we, we tried working with like actual like, videographers who like did that for a living at the time, you know. Um, and some reason we just couldn't make it line up with people or their well, concepts hard, or their schedules. It, like for a few different reasons, uh, obviously, like pricing was one. It just like started to to get, and a lot of it too is it was started to get like out of our hands, where they didn't they didn't really like our concept or things like that. And it was like, no, we still want some like creative control over this, and that's why we've been so stoked on working with you, is because we can sit down, all go out to dinner or something kind of talk about the concept, what we want to do, and, like, you you just add to it. You're not trying to change it. You're not trying to, like, have some agenda. You're like, no, that's really cool. What if we did this here? Like, kind of adding that. Well, absolutely, yeah. yeah I wouldn't want to be able to take away from that uh, creative ability that you guys have to come up with something like that. But, no, you've, you've done so much work with us uh, with the music videos and stuff like that, and you were saying that kind of, like, you branched out a little bit as far as that goes? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I've been just doing all sorts of video. I mean, mostly with Bridge City Sessions, that's the main thing. But um, because of you guys, I've been able to work with other bands like She Preaches Mayhem, The Hoons, Visual Wolves. And it's been awesome um, because all of this started from me just going to shows and just like hanging out with people to eventually actually like these bands wanting me to come to the shows and me to photograph them and, you know, capture these rad times that they're having. And uh, after that, I was able to actually work like the Hoons I was talking about. Um, because of you guys, the Hoons came to me. He's like, hey, we really like your style. Do you want to work with us? So we did something. And then because we did that one thing, they liked it. They wanted to do more. Um, coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm actually taking the weekend off to go to um, Baker City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or Bakersville. I forgot. I think it's Baker City. Um, but we're, they're doing a show over there and they want me to basically make a music video and document them traveling there, playing the show and coming back. And it's, it's great because, uh, I get to take time off of work to do work that I love instead. Yeah. That's awesome. Was that after the super symmetry video that you shot for us? Yes. Yes. Um, they made a cameo in that video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's actually the one that they saw that, that they were into it. Uh, they saw the. I directed you guys decently, I guess. I would uh, say so. Yeah. That was a great music video. It, it was fun. Out awesome. It was so great to make. Oh god, it, it was, was. It was a chaotic was shoot too. Like it, you definitely did. Like have, I don't know. You, you had a lot more control in that than I feel like a lot of 
like newer directors, videographers would, uh, just because there was we, what we had like so shy of balls. fifty people, lots of balls. <laughs> well, and that was the thing is we just got so many people together. I wouldn't say quite fifty. Um, there's at least like 25 oh yeah 25 30 Uh, and you know different people throughout the day um but it was just chaos we just held dodgeball (laughs) games and it was like okay just kind of go around and you were kind of directing people for specific shots and stuff like that we had a vague storyboard nothing (laughs) too fancy but just to kind of get a point across but no that you really well like I, i was watching you guys all play dodgeball and i was like wow that looks very like physically exhausting and then I'm like, oh, I want to get some other shots. I'm trying to get these other ones. And then I end up just straight up running laps around the whole entire <laughs> gym with my camera. Yep. Just sweating just as much as everyone else. Just like, ah, ah, get in the shot. Ah, ah, did that girl just get in the face? Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, that- <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. The sound clip. <laughs> Could very easily be applied to a different conversation about a different kind of movie. (laughs) (laughs) That girl got hit in the face. (laughs) Get in the shot. (laughs) (laughs) Camera's a little shaky. This episode of Whiskey and Wine is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash dividesak. So we and Divides just got back from tour, which was absolutely incredible. And right now, all of our patrons have access to so many cool live photos and just so many cool things from tour. Uh, our, our amazing tour photographer, Michael Iwamoto, was just absolutely phenomenal. So if you want that and all kinds of cool behind-the-scenes content, check it out at patreon.com. The only way you can see those photos, again, is at our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash dividesak. So we're going to play a game that we do here on Whiskey and Wine. It's called Sticks. Uh, You kind of jumped into the interview with this mindset of interviewing yourself uh, or interviewing us. So at this point, you're going to pick a stick, which we've written interview questions on, and we're going to kind of go from there. Oh, yeah. That's the sound clip. (laughs) This one is not the fucking one. It's this one. All right. What's the secret to being successful in music? And this is for me, right? Or you guys? I mean, like, I can interview you guys, too. You answer. It. Me, you answer me. Okay. <laughs> What's the secret to being successful in music? Um, I really think successful is not a term that's uh, universally the same to everyone. So success in music doesn't necessarily mean that you're this big rock star with tons of money. I actually don't even think that that's success at all for music. I think success in music is doing what you love and being able to not worry about trying to do music in a way that you don't want to do. So just having that freedom of having fun and just enjoying yourself doing something that you love. Um, I mean, I think as long as you're playing music, you're having a good time, you're being successful. It doesn't mean playing these huge shows, making a ton of money. It's just having fun and enjoying yourself. Yeah. That was a really good answer to that question. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. I feel like in the 70s and 80s, there was this mentality about playing music where it's like every, 
the rock star dream was still very much alive. Well, I mean, that was about when MTV was coming out. Uh, it started glorifying musicians' lives rather than the musicians themselves. It started glorifying all of their possessions and all of their, uh, quote, success rather than the music itself. I mean, there was still very, uh, very musically oriented things that were going on. Like, it was great that when it started, there's music videos and promoting bands, but I also feel like even though that I do music videos, uh, that MTV mentality, it just brought so much more to the faces of musicians rather than the music themselves, and it just really changes the perspective of that. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it becomes so much more mater materialistic, especially when, for the most part, pop culture is focused on excess in music videos you know you don't every now and then you see uh like a really clever concept that breaks through in the mainstream in a video but for the most part like it's like look at all these cool things i have look at all these product placements these expensive stereo systems that i was paid to put in the shot like all of my friends doing all these drugs and these big ass chains and all the shit like i don't know it's it, even in metal music i mean it's there it's become a thing now too to like roll up in a big fancy car and like i don't know it, it's it's really interesting um because I feel like most of the people that I know and that we associate with have the same mentality about it, where it's like, we don't want to be millionaires. Like, we don't want to have a house in L.A. We want to just be able to, like, live at our current level and be breaking even with music. Well, it's unfortunate with that, because, again, the, the big production, the whole, like, money going into it, those are the music videos that a lot of people are going to see. I think there's some like amazing music videos on the local level or just not. I miss Fuse TV uh, like when they first started off, because you got to see a lot of those that weren't about that. You got to see music videos that were people just like honestly putting out music and doing that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, and it didn't have to be about this. That's actually a channel that really got me into music videos and that mentality of uh, like you, I've been working with you guys with videos. It's not like I'm just like, CJ, it's an ass. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know, it's not always about that. I don't feel like that's what everyone thinks of as success, but it's again, it's what the majority, the mainstream. Sees. I've been asked the question. It's like, well, like how much do you get paid at your shows? And honestly, I don't really care to answer that question. It doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't matter how much I'm making. It's an experience that you can't, you spend money to make. It's a genuine experience that, you can't replicate unless you work hard at it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's something where it's like, there's that fine line between like the amount of money that we put into our art and our music and how much gear costs and how, not even like just like the financial investment, but the time, like the time cost as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's, I, I personally have a really hard time taking money for music. Like I, I have a tendency to, Give other bands our payouts at the end of the night. Especially no if there's comment. <laughs> touring bands, and uh, I just I because it's it's something like I I don't know I just it's hard for it's it's really hard for me to take something so visceral and so intense. It's hard to put a price on your passion. Exactly, exactly. Especially like if it's something that you're already doing and having a good time. It's it's almost like if you're getting paid for it. It's like fuck, but I'm not at work. I'm not getting taxed for this. Like. I'm doing something I love to do and, you know. Yeah. But it's, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you do still need to eat. You do, like, every artist that is 
offering something to the community deserves to be compensated for their art. You know, absolutely. I got in a conversation with a girl on Twitter about um, uh, all ages versus twenty one and over shows, um, and basically her standpoint was like, "Fuck twenty one and over shows! Like, stop booking them! Like, they're awful! Like, they're the worst thing for the community." And my standpoint was like, "Well, yeah, like all ages shows are always better. Like, I don't think I've ever played a bar show." I mean, obviously, this also comes back to our type of music, too, because we don't play music that is catered to the bar scene. It's not something that you can, like, have as background music and be chilling and, like, be like, man, this band is really good. They're really entertaining. But I'm also just having a drink with my friend. Like, a Divide show is very much in your face and very much, like, yeah. the point of being there. So, you know, but but my point was, like, you know, but... I'm never going to stop booking 21 and over shows altogether. Yeah, I think both have their great qualities. I mean, it sucks that 21 and over shows that, you know, anyone younger can't get to them, and it really excludes them from the scene, and it really makes the, the kids, I hate saying kids, but uh, th- those 21 and under, it makes them not be able to get into music as much. I mean, when I was, what, like 11 or 12 is when I started going to shows. My first show was like, Pax 217, which was like a Christian rap rock band. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it, it's what got me, like, into everything. And it was because I was that young. You know, I saw all the people older than me, all the people that I looked up to going to this, and saw how much fun that everyone was having. I was having fun, too. And, you know, I don't see that much going on for people of that age anymore. There's not as many opportunities for them to have something like that. However, I, I don't think that 21 and over shows are terrible because, I mean, you, you got to have some fun anyways. And if it's the only thing that bands could get, especially here in Portland, take the show, have fun, like play in front of your friends, have a drink. And I'm sorry that the younger ones can't get involved in it, but it, it, it's kind of like a, it, it's really hard balance to find. Well, it's a hard market to begin with. I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, that a lot of all-ages venues aren't super sustainable because they don't make music the same way that a bar will. Money. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to it. They don't make money the same way that a bar would. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a weird weird thing, the balance between that all-ages community and, frankly, venues that can pay local bands. You know? Yeah, it's definitely hard to find that balance. I really miss, uh, you guys played there, it was Slab Town. It was the yeah. greatest mm. thing for that because you're able to have split crowd you're actually able to have the bar side you're able to have the all ages side there's a couple other venues that were like that too like uh brinks was a lot like that they don't really do that many shows um the satiricon r.i.p miss you much yeah well that's the thing going back to the sustainability of those types of venues um where the money is not there uh as much as it would be in other places and that's hard because it's so important to a community but at the same time as a business owner you kind of have to uh, weigh that out like i'd love to keep my doors open yeah but absolutely. i need to i need to make money and you statistically make less money at an all-ages show because you are filling the room with bodies that aren't buying alcohol and if they are buying drinks it's a red bull for three dollars instead of a red bull and vodka for eight <laughs> so but um something something i do want to say about it is my perspective on it and this is also very colored by my own experiences but I honestly think that the best all ages venues and experiences are the ones that are cultivated by people who are under 21. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
best shows I ever had were when I was in Chin Up Rocky back in the day, and I was younger than 21, and we had you know all of our friends coming out, and it was such a great time. And those shows that were all ages, some of the most memorable ones because everyone was invited. You know, nobody was excluded. Yeah. Well, and if you like, I don't know that. There wasn't an all ages venue when I started going to shows in Alaska and I just got fed up with it and I found a location with some friends and we started putting on shows. Same thing here in Portland, like just fucking do it, like figure out a a location. Like you don't have to sit there and like say, oh, there's no one in this town that is willing to have an all ages show. Like you, you just need to look into spaces like community events, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. there are boys and girls clubs in Portland that have music rooms. Like there are VFW halls and record well, shops. And every and- college ever. I mean, same problem. When I moved up to Anchorage, it was like, well, there's nothing I can do. There's no shows I can go to, but there's a university. It's like, okay, who do I talk to here? Let's like, let's book this out on a weekend. There's not going to be anyone there. And it's just like, no, we're going to do this. And they, there were some that were awful <laughs> and yeah. that's fine. Just get people together. Music is important. That's yeah. like, just do it. Well, and one thing about music has been so important for me is, isn't always even just the music. It's so much about the community behind it, too. So having all those people being able to, you know, come together and unite is just great. Yeah. Well, and looping back to what our first conversation of the night was about, being able to, like, collaborate with other artists and kind of how you've gotten into all this was just being there, being at shows. Oh, absolutely. Not even playing, but just that networking, literally being a part of that community. There's nothing more important than that. Yeah, and I remember uh, once I was actually talking to uh, We The Wild, Miles, and uh, uh, I don't know what was going through my mind at the time, but I was just talking to him because I was doing photos for the band, and I was like, hey, thanks for just letting me be part of this whole project you guys are going on i mean like i'm not always here doing like everything for you guys but it's it's so great to be able to uh record my friends moments and be able to you know post them let them do whatever they want with the pictures and there's one time where he uh mentions like hey man you're just as much a part of the scene as anyone else here and it, it opened my mind that uh it wasn't it's not all about like the musicians it's just everyone like photographers people that just hang out friends fans everyone's part of the community and without a single one of those people it wouldn't be the same no i completely agree especially like i feel like fans are don't they don't get enough credit you know especially especially not just like the average person who's like oh what's happening tonight? i guess i'll go to this show maybe like people who actually like live and breathe music and go to shows and really believe in what happens there like they definitely don't get enough credit because Like, we've played shows to empty rooms, and it's not the same. It really sucks. Like, you need people there that give a shit about what you're doing. Like, like Caitlin Crouch is a really good example. Um, uh, She is um, dating the the vocalist of Vigils, but she, like, is a force in the music scene all and of herself, and she's going to listen to this and get really embarrassed, (laughs) but I don't care. Right? Um, (laughs) No, but there are people like that, you know, and a couple examples came to mind. Uh, Tori Clark is another one who who doesn't uh, play music, but again, is there, and she cares about so many local bands and just, like, not not because, like, oh, you know, this is cool or whatever, but it's like, no, these people are creating something. This is such a great space, and they are a part of that. And that, you know, her, Caitlin, so many other people, we could sit here for hours naming yeah. <laughs> uh, how Im- how many important people there are like that. But, no, we don't exist without yeah, that. It's, it's a way for everyone to bounce past, 
balance back and forth their passions yeah, and it yeah. creates more and more positivity and more positive effects because of it. I would go even farther to say like not even just like having someone there to appreciate your music, but like like Tori and Caitlin are great examples because they actually changed the way that people react to divides at shows in Portland. Um, just like because they, I don't, Caitlin, Caitlin was the first person that moshed to a divide set in yep. Portland, Oregon. <laughs> oh like, yeah. And, you know, like, just, just for people to, like, come up and, like, they started this community that we have here. They, they, there's something very special about when we play shows in town now. And it's not something that we had any control over. Like, our, our music might have kind of been the catalyst, but it was amazing people who give a shit who started that. And, like, our, and that's something that I think is really important and a lot of bands need to recognize and give credit for is that your fans have actually like a hand in the identity of your band definitely but don't discredit yourselves too because you also like you guys you're you don't look at your fans as just fans you're you're friends with everyone that listens to your music well that's so important you, you yeah. go further than uh the appreciation of oh hey thanks for coming for a show it's, it's you actually talk to everyone that likes to talk to you guys and <laughs> you, you, you give a shit back to them so it's not like it's just them giving a shit about you. You guys genuinely give a shit back, so it, it goes both yeah. ways. No, yeah. well, I guess that's kind of the point of this rant uh, here is that that is important, is that, you know, we, you know, not to discredit what we do or what bands do, but they are the ones that keep venues open. Yeah. It's people like that that it's like, okay, venue owners can keep putting on shows because more people are coming because more people give a shit because they're there. And that's something that we've, I mean, we've always talked about that, the whole concept of like fangirling. I think every member of Divides is a fangirl about other bands and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. We love going to shows. We love learning new things about it. And so, yeah, we want to appreciate and respect that aspect of people who care about us. Yeah, it is super weird, though. It's like (laughs) having like I I get notoriously really emotional when I have like a genuine interaction with someone who just saw our band for the first time. Like I, it, because I have obviously I've like been, I've cr- I've met Haley Williams and cried. You know what I mean? Like I have had those moments with my idols, with people that I fangirl, like absolutely fangirl over. And so to like have people, like I- anyone that comes up to a show and like in any capacity says like you inspire me to be creative or to play music or, or to write a song or anything like that. I just immediately am a puddle of tears. Like I just can't handle it. Like. Especially like in the after, like the afterglow of a show where you're just like completely drained. <laughs> well, I think so much of that is that personal, at least for me, I think the most important thing in life isn't money, material or anything. It's just having passion and having something worth living for. So being able to let other people get insp- inspired from your passion to create more passion themselves, such a rewarding feeling. Yeah, no, it's a cycle, and it's, I don't know, it's really important. Let's, uh, let's play a tune. Play a, play yeah, a Fighting Casper tune. We already talked about it a little bit tonight. Is there any last, uh, actually, before that, I want to say this is the first time on a Whiskey and Wine interview that everyone has been involved on the track. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah so yeah. with Grace here, everyone... <laughs> Uh, on here helped write, do the amazing vocals and the, all the writing process there. Uh, no, this is cool. This is a first. Yeah. Uh, is there any other introduction that you want to give to this track, Eyelids? Um, so you guys are going to be releasing it here pretty quick. Uh, it sounds like I'm going to actually have this track released before our show on May 1st that we're opening for Listener, which is going to be an awesome, 
fun show. I'm also uh, playing bass for another rad band called Grizzly here in town. I'll be uh, filling in for that. Um, but oh, where was I going? The alcohol. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Eyelids. Eyelids. The song also, is called Eyelids. Quick shout out to Grizzly. We love those dudes. Yeah, uh, they I'm have been this, so good to us. I'm on this podcast, boys. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Uh, so fighting Casper again, um, everything's written by me except for the part, the vocal parts that you guys are involved with. Um, it actually started with me completely doing the tracks, demoing them out myself with like, uh, drum samples, guitars and bass. And then, uh, I actually held off on vocals for a long time because I felt super uncomfortable doing vocals until recently. So, uh. I've finally gotten a little bit more comfortable with being able to uh, track myself and not like rage quit or anything <laughs> like, ah, so, uh, yeah, with, without further ado, uh, eyelids featuring CJ as grace, the fiance of Achilles. Yeah. Thank you for coming and hanging out on whiskey and wine. Thanks for having me guys. Grace, 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 grace. 